the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Love Never Fails Radio. Love Never Fails. Inviting you to join in the fight for love. There are millions of people who are trapped in modern day slavery. Take a stand to do something against this injustice. Join the fight against human trafficking. If you truly love, set the captives Each week, this program sheds light on the needs of vulnerable people in our community who are impacted by human trafficking, homelessness, addiction, and abuse, and celebrates the work of those who are meeting them right where they are and expressing to them that they are precious, valued, and loved. Our goal is to see this radio audience move to compassion demonstrated in acts of service, generosity, and gifts of time. Now, here's the host of Love Never Fails Radio, founder and executive director of Love Never Fails, Vanessa Russell. Thanks and welcome to Love Never Fails Radio. We are in the studio today with Helen Taylor of the Exodus of Exodus Cry, and um, we are in for such a treat. We got a, a brand new um, series that uh, Helen's going to be telling us all about, um, the beautiful work that Exodus Cry does that we love so much. Um, welcome to the show, Helen. Thank you for being here. Oh, so good to see you again, Vanessa. Really grateful to be on your show and I'm excited to, to chat through some of the films um, with you today. Yeah. So um, before we get started, I just I wanted to um, share a little bit about you. Uh, I always like to I know some people may have already, um, you know, been uh, kind of uh, introduced to you and you've been on the show before. But maybe just share a little bit about your role at Exodus Cry and uh, why are you doing this work? Why why are you uh, committed to shining the light on um on pornography, the impacts of pornography, the impacts of sex buying, the impacts of um, uh, digital social media without s- the right safety per- parameters in place. W- why are you doing this work? But starting with you, tell us a little bit about you, Helen. Yeah, well, I'm tremendously honored to have been doing this work specifically with Extra Cry for over 10 years now. Um, originally from the UK, and my my journey in fighting exploitation actually began began as uh, being an art therapist in Cambodia. And I will always remember one of the survivors that I was working with and interviewing, um, her telling me that she had been trafficked in this brothel in this city in Cambodia from the age of 11, and that as a teenager, Western men from Europe, from the US, would come to this brothel, show her um, back in at that time, it was videos and DVDs of the pornography that they had been watching. They had been addicted to, and would get her to act out that fantasy with them. She was the the real um, kind of the porn star experience in the flesh, um, the human receptacle of their fantasy. 
and she was crying as she was telling me this. And I, I'd always known, of course, that the sex industry is multifaceted and that sex trafficking has different expressions in different arenas. But to just hear that real direct connection of understanding how porn fuels demand and that um, at the root of sex trafficking is demand. It's a supply and demand business. If we uh, want to aggressively shrink sex trafficking, we have to aggressively shrink the demand for where it comes from and even try and understand the stories of, of sex buyers and how they got here. And so my role for the last several years has been over outreach, reaching out to women in all areas of the sex industry from streets, strip clubs, massage parlors, the internet, um, jail, pornography conventions, wherever any woman is in the sex industry, um, we want to be a connector and a support and offer them any kind of services or exit services that they might want um, or need. But I just know for me that we can assist 100 women and girls out of this, but as long as there is a demand, there's an incentive for pimps to recruit 100 more vulnerable girls and just the importance of going at the root, looking at this issue further upstream, thinking what is it going to take in the next 20 years to really turn the tide on sex trafficking, to aggressively go after the root and shift our culture. And that looks like changing laws as well. Um, but pornography is an industry that we've seen as very unregulated in many ways. Um, and we we all know how much the internet has changed so much in the last few years. Um, even during, during and since the pandemic, there are some... Um, just ways that people are on online a lot more and the access that children have to smartphones and different apps. And so talking about the intersection, not only of pornography and trafficking, but of vulnerability uh, and protecting kids from porn and being exploited online is something really, really important to us. So um, I know that's quite a lot. There's a lot of different intersections there, but at the heart of all of it is we love and care about people. We see that um, the sexual exploitation of human beings is one of the most traumatizing experiences on the planet. And so um, I am deeply committed to fighting this issue the rest of my life. I want to be um, fighting for this issue of, of justice in my, um, my 70s and whatever expression of AI it's looking like um, in the future. We don't know what the future holds, but what we do know is that there is an urgent moment right now to address some of these things. Um, to talk about pornography, the access that kids have to it, how it's impacting um, men and the connection to sex trafficking demand. So um, all of these films come from that place of really caring about this issue, caring about people and feeling a sense of urgency that we need to address this as a public health crisis and a human rights crisis when it comes to porn. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, I couldn't agree with you more. My goodness. Um, all of the intersections, I think, is what makes it such a difficult conversation to have because um, you you have this intersection with vulnerability, you have this intersection with technology, with um, your own sexuality, and, you know, whether you are exploring or you are, um, you know, uh, maybe someone who um, feels ashamed, afraid to um, sort of express uh, your your sexual urges or feelings different perspectives on that um and certainly um just the general sense of humanity right understanding mm. other people's humanity and 
um, whether they are really being viewed and treated as human beings during this process, including the buyers, by the way. Uh, so, uh, you know, are you just viewing a buyer as a dollar bill, right? Um, are you, um, you know, and, and what have we reduced ourselves to uh, when all we see is, oh, this, this person that's watching porn, great, they're paying for it. Yeah, they're, yeah. you know, they're, 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 um, they're spending their time here. And so I can throw them an ad or I can throw them different things that I want to market to them on these portals. So there's a lot of um, capitalism. Um, mm-hmm. you know, happening here in these spaces as well, where, you know, I mean, the sex industry is more lucrative, right? Multiple, multiple, multiple billions, more lucrative combined, uh, th- more lucrative than the NFL, the NBA, you know, NHL all combined, the right. sex industry is right. And so, um, so we're going to talk about this. And, and specifically, I think we, we want to fold this into some of the the upcoming projects that you are working on right now. Um, you are um, continuing to bring episodes forward under your Beyond Fantasy um, uh, uh, I guess, I don't know if, we, if you call it an initiative or um, I know that uh, you're on episode two and you've got episode three coming up soon here, but Beyond Fantasy um, and, and then you have a new, uh, uh, campaign that you are launching called buying her, which we will be part of in San Francisco and in Sacramento, but you're launching it internationally. Um, and that is addressing the buying, uh, you know, buying sex. So we're going to, that's what we're going to be talking about today. And uh, we're going to come back and talk about beyond fantasy. Absolutely mind blown by the two episodes that I've seen. Um, just at the truth, the mm-hmm. reality, and it's not a witch hunt. I like, I always want to say that it's, it doesn't feel like a witch hunt to me. It feels very honest and real stories from real people so that you can really understand what's going on. We're going to come right back. We're going to hear from Helen on Beyond Fantasy. And thank you for listening to Love Never Fails Radio. For more information on this program, visit loveneverfailsus.com. That's loveneverfailsus.com. We'll be right back with more right after these messages. Trash bills weighing you down? At Case Industries, we specialize in lowering waste costs and providing trash consolidation and compaction services for multifamily properties, condos, and commercial shopping centers. Let us help you reduce operating expenses and increase property NOI. Case Industries, saving the planet, saving you money. Contact us today for a property trash and recycling assessment online at caseindustries.us or call 510-566-4223. That's caseindustries.us or call 510-566-4223. Case Industries, the property manager's friend. Are you struggling to find peace in your life? Feeling anxious? Or going through a difficult life storm? Scott Dixon, a Christian humanitarian filmmaker and host of the Dove Teachings web series, wants you to know that you are not alone. Go to DoveTeachings.org to see great Dove Teaching lessons, pastor insights, and aspiring testimonies. You can watch the current show and more at DoveTeachings.org. That's D-O-V-E Teachings.org, where you will find peace in your daily life through the teachings of Jesus. Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio, where you are invited to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. 
Now here's the host of Love Never Fails Radio, Vanessa Russell. And welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio. We are in the studio today with Helen, uh, Helen Taylor from Exodus Cry. As mentioned earlier, she's the Director of Outreach and Intervention for Anti-Trafficking, for Anti-Trafficking Organization Exodus Cry. And, uh, and in case you were kind of wondering about Exodus Cry, they have an award-winning documentary series called nefarious and liberated and um they have uh and then a hashtag trafficking hub campaign as well and they have lots of uh, beautiful um media pieces that shine the light on pornography on you know strip clubs brothels uh, just any type of um of uh, uh expression uh, in the sex industry that might be preying upon vulnerable people that might be um, exposing vulnerable people to um, something that they had never imagined, something pretty, pretty horrible. And I can I can just say the people that I serve are uh, on the other end of that. And so, so grateful for your your efforts, Helen, to shine the light on that. Thank you so much. Yeah. So tell us about Beyond Fantasy, uh, the, this series um, just struck me as I was as I was watching in the first series. And it talked about, um, you know, incest porn and things like that. And so, you know, what's the goal of this and um, maybe some highlights? Yeah. Well, after our organization made our first film, Nefarious Merchant of Souls, um, our director was really haunted by the question of what's, what kind of society is willing to produce so many men who are willing to buy a woman or child for sex, like looking at the route. And so he began a documentary, um, but realized this wasn't just one documentary. It was several different stories. So that one, the second film turned into film called Liberated. It's on Netflix about um, young adults, uh, student college age um, and hookup culture and some of the darker sides of leading to a rape culture, um, a film on the porn industry and then a film on sex buyers. And the film on the porn industry, um, it sort of just came about from one interview that this person was so impressed by the documentary film crew that he said, Oh, well, have you interviewed this person and this person? Oh, let me get them on the phone. And he almost opened the door for my boss who had been uh, just sharing how uh, he was making a film about pornography and wanting to speak specifically to people in the porn industry to hear from directors and producers, former current performers really um, have an understanding from the inside uh, what is taking place in the porn industry. And even just saying the porn industry, I feel like I need to make the distinction that in Los Angeles, there are many porn studios uh, where pornography is created. It's kind of the, the pornography epicenter of the world. There are other cities that have porn studios as well, of course, but Los Angeles is historically one of the biggest hubs. Um, but then you have porn tube websites where people upload pornography and we've spent the last three years really shining a light on how um, there's not enough regulation on pornography uploads and how age and consent is not properly verified and as a result of that campaign uh, Pornhub had to 
delete 10 million videos at the end of 2020. Um, that's kind of a whole other separate conversation. Um, and then, of course, there's now more modern expressions, even since Pornhub, of sites like OnlyFans. But this film doesn't get into that so much as what's taking place in the porn studios where you have the camera crew and a director, a producer, a script. And we, from the investigations that we did, we put uh, this film beyond fantasy into three episodes. The first episode, um, looking at the fetishization and hypersexualization of young women. Teen is consistently the highest or one of the highest uh, genres and search items in pornography across the board. And um, the, the, the term barely legal that's now more commonly just called teen porn is 18-year-old um, girls, if they're 18, but presuming the paperwork's been done and they're 18, uh, being dressed up to look as young as possible. So a teeny tiny schoolgirl outfit, but lollipops, teddy bears, um, pigtails, dressing them up to look like children undeniably. Like when I was 16, I did not carry around a teddy bear and I didn't have pigtails and wear sparkly rainbow outfits to look like I was about six. And even some of the people in the, in the documentary have to confess that, yeah, we're trying to make them look as young as possible. Like, you know, a fantasy of a 12 year old. Well, why would a 12 year old be a fantasy? And one director literally looks at the camera and says, well, 12 year old girls are the most fertile. I mean, the things that come out of these directors' mouths, you cannot believe what they're saying. And so that first episode, um, barely legal. That's on YouTube. It's th each episode is 30 minutes. The second episode is on the rampant STDs in porn. And s several directors, it just came up in conversation that during the interviews that they, um, they do not enforce condom use on their set. And so the amount of STDs, STIs that performers are exposed to, um, and we interviewed people that had HIV, that had um, gonorrhea, chlamydia, syphilis, um, herpes many, many times um, over the years and just the impact on the, the health impact and kind of just showing that behind this industry, the people are making money. They care more about money than performers and they care more about the fantasy of the consumer. They're like, oh, we, no, nobody wants to see condoms and these people know should know what they're signing up for. One producer said, if they sign up to porn, they should know they're getting, they're making a deal with the devil. Yeah, And it's just very eye-opening, um, pulling back the curtain on what is really taking place. And I think it's very important for people to know because the fantasy of porn is that it's this glamorous industry. Everyone's loving it. People are making money from it. No one would be doing porn unless they really wanted to be. And the girls all love it. Like that is the myth and the fantasy of the porn industry. And so this series just pulls back the curtain on well, who actually are the players behind this and what are the, some of the survivors have to say and the final episode is on the hardcore violence. And Vanessa, I have to say, this episode is um, by far the most disturbing episode. Mm. And we almost, we sat on this content for a few years, not even knowing how, we, how to release it. Like, we want to be able to show people what's going on, but we don't want to be re-disturbing or traumatizing people. Right. But I truly believe it is so important to know that when it's a rape fantasy uh, set or scene, um, in many cases, that isn't an acted rape. That is a real rape taking place. Wow. And directors are telling us on camera that their goal is to find out what is the line that she's willing to go and then to smash past that line on camera and capture her shock and her pain. And nothing, no footage like this has ever 
been on earth and surface before. It's so troubling. And we want to see accountability for these people. Um, and we want it to be known that behind the porn video that you may be watching could be a real trafficking victim or a traumatized woman who found herself signing up for something that she had no knowledge of, was not giving meaningful consent. And this isn't just something that's on the fringe of society. Vanessa, we know that um, most people are watching pornography. Uh, right. Most people are, young, the, the average age of exposure right now is 11 years old. So not only are most people watching porn, but they've been exposed to it for many years. And so this is something that's relevant to everyone, whether or not um, you currently watch porn. If you know anyone who is, I think it's incredibly important for people to know what is actually taking place in this industry behind the scenes. Wow. Oh my gosh. Wow. 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 Unbelievable. Yeah. Well, and, and what we are hearing today, um, and we're going to talk some more about this, but um, one stat showed that 85% of young men and nearly 50% of young women are watching porn regularly. Um, yeah. And so we know that this is an issue. It's not one gender. It's not a specific age per se. It's universal. And wow, just uh, trying to grapple with what's coming there with Beyond Fantasy. I, I The tagline that you've put in uh, for the show or the movie uh, series is violation, coercion, and abuse. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to be right back. Thank you for listening to Love Never Fails Radio. We're going to come back and talk about Buying Her, a new series from Exodus Cry. We'll be right back. To join in the fight for love, visit loveneverfailsus.com. Don't go away. Love Never Fails Radio will return right after these messages from our sponsors. Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio, where you are invited to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. Now, here's the host of Love Never Fails Radio, Vanessa Russell. And welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio. We again are in the studio today with Helen from Helen Helen Taylor from Exodus Cry. We just had a discussion about their series Beyond Fantasy and uh, there are two episodes live. One is coming. Um, Want to encourage you to check it out at beyondfantasy.com um, and there you can watch and, and learn more about how to um, how to um, educate yourself and get involved. Um, the new series that you have coming up is called Buying Her. And I believe you just released um, press kits this week and we're starting to promote um, the, you know, the this film. And so we want to make sure that everyone who's listening has an opportunity to um, register. So maybe just share a little bit about buying her. Yeah. So buying her is a one hour documentary. Um, the first documentary um, ever made about sex fires that's from, from their perspective and story driven. Um, and we really wanted in the, the conversation around human trafficking, we really believe looking at demand, like I said earlier, is is intrinsically important and central to this conversation if we want to reduce sex trafficking. And so we began interviewing former sex buyers and really trying to understand what was their journey. Because if 
I don't know about you, Vanessa, but the longer I work in this field, the more passionate I am about prevention because we see the trauma um, and lifelong devastation often that comes with sexual exploitation, that comes with trafficking. And we want to analyze all the different, most effective ways that we can prevent that. Um, and one of those is, is looking at, at demand. And so um, interviewing these different guys, hearing what their journey was to get there um, in the hopes of understanding how do we prevent that every single sex buyer described being exposed to hardcore violent pornography at a young age um, and it doesn't mean to say that everyone exposed to hardcore porn as a child goes on to become a sex buyer but for all of these men that was their story and that was where it began uh, because it's the fantasy and um they each just described several of them were married. We know that the majority of sex buyers are actually married or have long-term sexual partners. And so it's, it, it's not looking for human touch from a place of, of loneliness. Often it's um, coming from a place of, um, of addiction, dysfunction, um, real, a real broken sense of identity, and also even seeking out a power dynamic where they're in control sexually that gives them a, a sense of, of power. I mean, in the, in the Me Too age, we need to really talk about and think about the power dynamic that's taking place in prostitution between the buyer who's driving it, who's purchasing sexual access to vulnerable people's bodies, that is renting, renting their bodies for sex, um, and then the person on the receiving end who is the vulnerable individual who often has zero sexual desire for the buyer. And so we hear from multiple sex trafficking, sex trade survivors during the film to hear what was the impact on them of um, being bought in sex while they're being sex trafficked it isn't just the violence of the pimp and trafficker it's the violence of um, the reality of their body being sold multiple times per day to different men um, but the film also really seeks to understand the, the journeys of these guys and um, and hear, hear their stories in a way that um, that offers hope like every, the fact that every one of these buyers has gone on to um, to really restore their lives. One, one man has been out for 40 years and has been doing a, a lot of advocacy and prevention, working with young men, trying to get to the root of shame before their behavior becomes sexually violent. Um, and so our heart is to really use this film to connect with and engage with, with men. We want to tell tell their story in order to prevent sex buying. Um, but I just feel even as if you are someone who cares about sex trafficking, this film is incredibly important as a piece of education for understanding what are the dynamics taking place in prostitution. And even right now, as so many conversations are happening around policy, should we legalize prostitution? Would that reduce sex trafficking? Like understanding exactly what is taking place. Um, and so the film's going to be online later this year. But before we put it online, we're going to be touring it across the US and even Europe, doing a screen a screening tour with real grassroots activism, connecting with local organizations in different cities and really hosting a conversation around this topic of sex buyers. And how did we get here and how do we check? Like, where do we go from here? How do we change the trajectory so that we no longer are creating a culture where men are buying vulnerable women and trafficked women and children for sex? Yes, absolutely. I, um, just a few things that struck me in, 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 in previewing the, the film was just this whole kind of notion that there, 
doesn't need to be accountability of buyers in order to get them to stop. You know, I, I, w- I really appreciated the perspectives of the buyers and in, in that, you know, to give us an outline on what what would it what would it take to get you to stop? And even better, what would it take to get to prevent this? Right. Because we have to remember that when a buyer is buying um, their life is 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 not where it needs to be either. You know, they're not uh, they're they're not living their best life when they're stuck in this horrible addiction. And certainly they are, you know, harming so many people, which the guilt, the shame um, of doing that uh, when they become more clear on it, because I think there's a, 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 you know, at least from the buyers that I've spoken to, there's a time of denial where all oh, they, you know, a few of the buyers that I've worked with, they say, oh, you know, I, I had always thought that they, they liked it. They wanted it. You know, this, they had this fantasy in their mind and later they came to terms with, you know, I actually harmed someone. They didn't want it. This, they didn't want to be here and they were being forced or they needed to eat. They needed, you know, they needed food, um, uh, clothing, a house, places to live and stay and feel cared for. Um, And so uh, I am so excited. So we are going to there's there's so this actual show is is being viewed uh, or listened to in a variety of what places because it's online and um, and then on uh, 1100 a.m. locally in the Bay Area. And so just want to share out, right, there's April, um, April 5th in Los Angeles, the 6th in Las Vegas, 7th in Portland, the 12th in San Francisco. So we'll talk a little bit more about that. 13th in Sacramento, 14th in Reading, uh, California, 19th of April in San uh, Kansas City, uh, Missouri, the 20th of April, uh, um, Houston, Texas, 21st, Dallas, Texas, 26th, Nashville, Tennessee, and 28th um, in Atlanta. And then there's even workshops um, and, uh, about this that are a deeper dive in Portland, Reading, and Fort Worth. And you can learn more about this by going to buyingher.com. And you want to tell them how they can uh, purchase their tickets? Uh, is it also on that website? Yeah, we just launched the website and we'd love people. This is a very kind of exclusive premiere tour. And we'll have the filmmaker there, um, who's the founder of Exodus Cry as well. And our film, film production company is called Magic Lantern Pictures. And that's uh, what we're bringing this film to certain cities that we have some really strong partnerships in. Um, the film's one hour long, and then we're going to have like a 45-minute panel discussion with some leaders and experts in the field, really unpacking some of the, the topics that the, the film brought up. And... Um, yeah, doing the screenings in downtown San Francisco on the 12th, I believe it is, and then Sacramento the next day. So if anyone is uh, in this region listening and is interested in coming, uh, tickets are $20, and that also includes a free copy of a brand new book that we have not yet released. We're, we're giving copies um, to every attendee of the tour, um, kind of as an exclusive grassroots um, just we know that the book, the issues brought up in the book really directly relate to the film. And we just want every person who leaves seeing this film um, with, a, with a resource and um, what we believe is one of the most comprehensive books written about pornography. Um, we've spent several years putting together this book. It's 
called Raised on Porn. So when you buy, you're buying her film ticket, you'll get a copy of that book as well. And um, I think it's going to be a really powerful night. Uh, we did a, a screening, it premiered in the Newport Beach Film Festival last year. And just the, the comments and impact uh, that the film had on people who came was just really incredible. So um, I'd say probably anyone who's 15 years old and over, it's appropriate for them. I'd recommend you watch the trailer on the website, buying her just to um, familiarize yourself with the, the kind of film that it's going to be and how we describe it. Uh, but we, we'd really love to, to see you there. Yeah. And it's going to be at the AMC Metreon 16 Cinema on the 12th again in San Francisco, seven o'clock. They're asking that you please arrive 15 minutes early. Um, uh, and again, that address is 135 Fourth Street, Suite 3000 in San Francisco, seven o'clock on April the 12th. And then we will also uh, be a part of their Sacramento um, uh, Sacramento, uh, showing or viewing, and that will be, uh, at the Regal Natoma Marketplace Cinema, and that's April 13th, 7 p.m. in Sacramento. Um, and that address is 3561 Truxel Road. Again, arriving at seven, but they're asking that you please arrive 15 minutes early. It is not a two hour film, so you'll miss quite a bit if you, if you arrive late. Um, and then they'll be followed by a, panel discussion. All right, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back and um, talk a little bit about um, just some of the cross sections of public health and everything that we've talked about uh, thus far. And and uh, especially uh, from a policy standpoint, um, how we can begin to look at some of the things that are happening in um, in throughout the state and state of California in particular and look at it with the lens of Uh, vulnerability and health for all. All right, we'll come right back. And thanks for listening to Love Never Fails Radio. For more information on this program, visit loveneverfailsus.com. That's loveneverfailsus.com. We'll be right back with more right after these messages. Trash bills weighing you down? At Case Industries, we specialize in lowering waste costs and providing trash consolidation and compaction services for multifamily properties, condos, and commercial shopping centers. Let us help you reduce operating expenses and increase property NOI. Case Industries, saving the planet, saving you money. Contact us today for a property trash and recycling assessment online at caseindustries.us or call 510-566-4223. That's caseindustries.us or call 510-566-4223. Case Industries, the property manager's friend. Hi, I'm Sandra Herrera, CEO of Case Industries. I've found that many employers are looking for ways to help the community but don't know how. I encourage you to consider supporting Love Never Fails as a corporate sponsor. Love Never Fails offers all the resources necessary to help young women and men overcome the trauma of exploitation and abuse. And that's why I'm proud to have Case Industries supporting Love Never Fails Radio. Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio, where you are invited to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. Now, here's the host of Love Never Fails Radio, Vanessa Russell. And welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio. We again have uh, just been having a great discussion with Helen from Exodus Cry about um, porn, about buying sex, about um, keep, keeping um, vulnerable people safe online. 
Um, and so I wanted to talk a little bit. Um, I, I know you're aware because we've had this discussion offline about this narrative where uh, there's a quite a narrative in place uh, there that's coming in that talks about how decriminalizing sex work can improve public health and public safety. Um, there's actually a white paper that was written about this. Um, and some of the things that, um, you know, that folks that are kind of pushing this message um, say, right, to um, to kind of justify the decriminalization of sex work is that um, people who are working in these spaces, if they um, have the ability to uh, a- ask for help, right, when they're being harmed, when they're being raped or sexually uh, harmed in any way, um, they would be able to because they wouldn't be afraid of the police. So it would deter violent crimes or violent clients and violent crimes. Um, It would provide people that are being sold on the street access to health care. And it would uh, address some incarceration issues of of populations that have been historically discriminated against, right? Um, specifically black and brown men um, that are, you, you know, um, the numbers show that that's sort of the race and background of many of the exploiters. Um, and, um, and you know, give people financial independence. And so um, these are some of the things that are kind of being touted as um, ways that we could improve public health. And it's interesting I'll just give you my my take and I'd love to get yours is, um, you know, as someone who's a a pretty staunch advocate for uh, women and also um, uh, in particular women of color, um, I find it offensive to to say that this industry is um, is healthy for the communities that I serve because I see them do nothing but have deteriorating health over time, psychological health, physical health, emotional health. Um, And even the communities where this is happening are often impoverished and run down. And I always say, if all this money is flowing into this area to all these people, why aren't they rich? And uh, why aren't they living good? And I think I know the answer, but before I answer my own question, Helen, I'd love to, what's your take on this? It makes us safer and healthier. Yeah. Well, I think it's really important to look at the statistics around violence for those in prostitution and the just even acknowledging what a typical day in the life is for someone in prostitution. And we can't say sex is work, sex work is work or talk about it like any other job when the risks of being raped, assaulted, robbed, murdered are astronomically higher. And that's just that physical safety, the psychological trauma and impact um, of being in prostitution is incredibly high. We serve uh, women and provide trauma therapy for any survivor of the commercial sex industry. And some of them have been uh, in therapy for years and may well continue to be in therapy for years, even with the best therapy, um, that the deep levels of disassociation and trauma that prostitution inflicts on person. So I don't believe there's ever a, a scenario where someone being in 
prostitution is their best case scenario. And I feel like it's, it's, if you're someone that just wants to be able to get on with your comfortable life and turn a blind eye, you'll say, well, let's just legalize prostitution. And then sex trafficking will go down, which there's no evidence to say that that's the case. In fact, it's the opposite. The biggest free amount on 152 countries that analyze legalization and full decriminalization of prostitution showed that where you do that, you increase demand and then you increase trafficking. So that is not the answer. Um, what is the answer is providing more choices, more options, more jobs. I think how deeply offensive to say to, um, to the, the black and brown communities um, who are often most impacted by this issue in certain neighborhoods by saying, uh, well, the best thing for you to do is just have your daughters be sold in prostitution and for your boys to be pimps as though any money that passes through their hands, that is the justification for exploitation. Um, I feel like it's the most twisted mindset. And if you actually cared about these women and girls, you would be um, fighting for them to get out of this life, out of the most dangerous industry on the planet for women. And um, any, are you fighting for the rights of the buyers to have access to their bodies? Are you fighting for the rights of the pimps to be able to freely be out on the streets selling girls? Uh, and we know that most sex buyers are actually middle-class white men with a disposable income of over $100,000 a year. So most of the sex buyers um, are married men. I mean, there's just so much dysfunction, but the people who lose um, at the end of the day are those who are um, left in exploitation for years and years. And the women I've served um, in the last 14 years who've been in prostitution for more than a decade, like the levels of trauma um, I, I, I've seen and witnessed, I know the true face and mercy of, of what prostitution inflicts on young women and girls. And if a, if a male politician is trying to convince me that legalizing that and normalizing that on, on the streets is the best thing for them, I know they don't have their best interests at heart. Yeah. Well, amen, sister. <laughs> because, uh, I mean, the, uh, of course, the people that are doing the work and it's just it's just infuriating to me because when you're doing this work and you have seas and seas and seas of people that are hurting and broken for generations and to look them in the face and say, um, yeah, I think, you know, we need more of this is just um, unreal. And then, you know, some people might say, well, that's because you haven't seen what it's like to have it legalized. Like if there was a brothel, you know, they'd get their, they'd get their medical care. They'd get, they'd only have to do a certain number of dates and, you know, it would be more controlled. And to your point, whenever you have that, whenever you're putting fuel to that addiction, there's going to be, there's people that are in your film, right? The buying her film. It wasn't enough to get the one day today. I needed the riskier date. I needed the date on the corner on top of the one date, you know, that might be more safe and controlled. And so the mindset of the people that are buying is problematic. The mm-hmm. uh, the and then even those that are in the brothels, I mean, you you hear it from the when you look at Beyond Fantasy and you look at the people that are in this kind of controlled setting where they can say no or Uh, In some instances, you know, it's a movie house and they're getting them, you know, medical, they're getting tested for um, STDs and things like that. And they're still contracting because maybe there was a window of incubation on whatever was going on with them. Or maybe that particular day, um, you know, uh, 
Um, they had multiple dates and someone that they saw um, in between um, had something that they contracted. Um, and then and then not only that, but the coercion. I think that's the one that really it's just do do people not understand coercion or maybe yeah. it's you're trying to coerce me into not understanding the coercion that's going on. Maybe mm-hmm. you're gaslighting me into joining that that team that says, oh, this is good. This is this is what's good for people. This is what they need. And even, you know, I've even gone so far as to say, you know, people say, oh, well, transgender people are being discriminated against and they can't, um, you know, they can't get jobs. And I go, you know what? And that's not right. And who, you know, who we need to buck up on that is employers and say, guys, if this person has the skill, they need to be hired. We need to Mm -hmm. not, don't we have laws about this? You know, but we, Instead of saying that, we're pushing on, let's let's kind of bring them down to the point where their sexual, their gender identity is what prescribes their their job, uh, yeah. you know, because you have a, a, a gender identity that maybe people don't agree with or, or, or go do sex work. No, that 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 can't be the answer. If they have they need more options if we really say we care. Right. So. I appreciate you yes. so much, Helen. We've had this conversation before and and uh, I appreciate the light that you're shining on um, all of these, you know, many facets of the sex. And just to just to even confirm and conclude for, for folks who are like, well, therefore, what is the answer? And I know, Vanessa, you and I are in real agreement that people impacted by the sex industry should not be criminalized. In no way um, do we think that they should be put in handcuffs and put into jail. I used to run a, a jail ministry for four years and um, saw firsthand how that can often hinder women from getting out of the life and the resources they need. And we would never criminalize domestic violence. Prostitution is a form of domestic violence, but out on the streets. And so we wholeheartedly believe that um, that population should not be criminalized. They should be offered exit services and programs and supports like the kind that Love Never Fails provide. But we need to not let the buyers and the third parties and the pimps and the traffickers off the hook as well. We don't want to fully decriminalize. We need to maintain accountability and maximum accountability for those who are causing the demand and doing the exploiting. Um, And so that model is called partial decriminalization or the Nordic model or the equality model. And there's some, a lot of great information about that available and state by state. We want to see that those kind of laws pass that have a comprehensive understanding of who's um, being exploited in this scenario and who's doing the exploiting and how do we hold them accountable. Um, so that's I, the, watching the buying her film. It really, I think, helps frame that perspective in a very holistic way. Yay. All right. Well, I know you have to jump. And so I just want to thank you so much for being on the show today. And again, um, thanks so much, Helen. And I will see you on April the 12th in San Francisco and April the 13th in Sacramento. And I hope you all will uh, plug in again. You want to share how people can purchase tickets? Yeah. Well, if you're on Instagram, definitely follow us at at Exodus Cry to stay connected to all the latest updates and um, 
information about the tour and the screening. And if you want to purchase a ticket, just simply go to buyingher.com um, or the Exodus Cry website, exoduscry.com, and you can buy your ticket from there. Yay! Awesome. Thank you so much, Helen. We'll be right back. And thanks for listening to Love Never Fails Radio. To join in the fight for love, visit loveneverfailsus.com. Don't go away. Love Never Fails Radio will return right after these messages from our sponsors. Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio, where you are invited to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. Now, here's the host of Love Never Fails Radio, Vanessa Russell. Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio. We have just had a wonderful time talking with Helen from Exodus Cry. I hope that you sign up today. So grateful for uh, our partners, um, you know, doing what they do and doing it with excellence. And Exodus Cry is just uh, making a huge difference. So please support uh, their work. Um, I wanted to just share a little bit with you today. Some of you might be listening in and you might be getting ready for the gala that's happening tonight. Um, We are at 530 this evening. We are going to have our annual uh, gala titled Journey to Freedom. We're so excited. We have um, speakers. uh, We have Alameda County Public Health Director Kimmy Watkins-Tart. And survivor leader and author Elizabeth Kuros speaking this evening. Um, we are sold out. So if you don't have your tickets, I'm so sorry. I But I am grateful that you remain interested and committed. If you still want to continue to support what we're doing um, and the opening of the new houses, we actually opened three houses this year. Um, so we'd love your support. You can do that by going to Love Never Fails Us dot com forward slash donate uh we and also membership forward slash membership is another option you can become a member of love never fails and receive our updates and um just learn more about the issues that um we're focusing on and the ways in which you can plug in wanted to share also that we are getting ready to start off a new mentoring cohort so if you're interested in becoming a mentor for positive change um, you can sign up today by sending an email to Sandy, and that's S-A-N-D-Y at loveneverfailsus.com. Uh, we should be uh, publishing our mentor schedule. Our mentor program is for people that have either are exiting human trafficking, are actively trafficked, and or um, were trafficked or were um are at risk of trafficking. So there's sort of the whole array of experiences that um, uh, that we uh, provide mentors for. And we, we've trained over 100 individuals and we'd love to train you and assign you to um, a mentor. I'm sorry, a mentee. And so if you're interested in learning more, it's a 10-hour program um, and it's online. You you get all the training online and then you come together and talk with a, the, a group about what you're learning as you progress through. Um, but we'd love to have you join us in that. So please reach out to Sandy today, Sandy at uh, loveneverfailsus.com. And then also, if you'd like to volunteer, we invite you to reach out to Sandy as well. Um, and um, there are several ways that you can volunteer both remotely 
and in person. Um, We have offices in Hayward, San Jose, East Palo Alto, San Francisco, Oakland, Antioch, and uh, Dublin. And so please reach out and we will find ways to plug you into the work that we're doing. Uh, Lastly, wanted to just invite you, if you have gently used or new things that you would like to donate and you're in the San Francisco Bay Area and you can make it over to our community engagement store, we'd love for you to bring by um, we we've got prom coming up. Maybe you have some prom dresses that you'd like to donate or suits. Um, we have young ladies and young men that that need clothing for those events that come from, you know, um, impoverished families. And so come and drop them off. We're at two, two, five, eight, zero Grand Street in Hayward, California. And uh, Cross Street is A Street. And we're open from 12 to 5 p.m. Business attire, um, purses and um, just toiletries, anything that you think could be of use. We could really use it. But we'd love some wipes. We need wipes. Um, Also, with all this rain, we need umbrellas. So bring them on down. Bring them on down 12 to 5, Monday through Friday. Okay, I think I've covered all my bases. I hope that you've enjoyed the show. And of course, I want you to know if you haven't heard it before, if you need to hear it again, always remember that you are loved. Thanks for joining us this week on Love Never Fails Radio. We trust that you've been inspired by these stories of hope and love and that you'll accept our challenge to get involved by contacting us at loveneverfailsus.com, by liking and sharing our Facebook page, Facebook slash Love Never Fails Radio, or by making a contribution directly to Love Never Fails. This program is the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails, which is a donor-supported nonprofit ministry that Vanessa founded as a way of directly impacting the lives of young people who are trapped in or at risk of becoming involved in human trafficking. This broadcast needs your involvement and support. To find out more, simply go to loveneverfailsus.com and click on the radio show link. Today's program was brought to you in part by Case Industries, as well as supporters from Faith Fellowship, New Hope Christian Fellowship, and the International Church of the Foursquare Gospel. On behalf of Vanessa and the whole team at Love Never Fails, thank you for listening, and thank you even more for committing to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.